Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. You are Locked On Bengals, your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Locked On Bengals podcast. I'm your host, Jake Lisko. He's your host, James Rapine. Today, we dive into another episode of the Locked On Bengals mailbag here on the Locked On Podcast Network, bringing you coverage of your team every day, free and available to you everywhere you get your podcasts and on YouTube. We appreciate all of you that follow the show. Everyone who's left a review has given us five stars who's left a comment, who's hit a thumbs up button, who's hit a bell, who's hit the subscribe button on YouTube. And if you want to be cool like all those people who did all those things, you can do that too. Thanks for making us your first listen on your way to work. And today, James, we have a mailbag. And instead of going rapid fire and trying to get to a ton of questions like we always do, and we'll probably go back to that approach at some point because there's certainly some merit to the uh, lightning rounds that we used to do. You remember those <laughs> from last off season. We're going to go a little bit deeper today and take a deeper dive into some questions from you, the listeners. And as we talked about at the top on YouTube, there we we have some some concerns maybe about Zach Taylor's play calling from one of our. And sorry, Justin, I would call you one of our more maybe cynical isn't quite fair. Sometimes pessimistic listeners. We've got a question about some breakout potential players on the team and Brian, who is more on the optimistic side, going to the other side of the the fan archetype, wants us to be optimistic and talk about why the Bengals could dominate in the AFC. But we're going to start with Justin's question. This is at Justin1Lockhart on Twitter. Great Bengals fan, great listener to the program. He wants to know if there should be play calling concerns from the Zach Taylor or about Zach Taylor heading in to 2022. This is something that we haven't talked about much since the Super Bowl, he says. And I think he's talking about Bengals fans in general. But he thinks that play calling is the one thing that could hold this team back. And it's something that people were critical about. This this is my editorial edition here at the end. In 2021, and Zach Taylor, despite taking his team to the Super Bowl, was still not seen and still isn't seen by many as a premier head coach in the NFL. And he shouldn't be. And that's not a take. I don't, I didn't put the hot take chain on for that one. Um, I I don't think Zach would tell you that he should be. Look, uh, there's a lot to be excited about with Zach Taylor. And first, let me start with that before everyone uh, jumps on my case for being honest about what Zach Taylor is right now. Uh, Zach Taylor has gotten better each and every year he's coached the Bengals and you see that steady growth. And if he was a prospect, that, that you drafted, you'd feel really damn good going into year four. 
And I do. That being said, we're going to learn a lot about Zach Taylor this year. We're going to learn a lot about Brian Callahan and, and the Bengals coaching staff because the, for the first time since 2015, when Zach Taylor didn't even get to the University of Cincinnati, I mean, this dude, he was he was with Miami then, I think, actually. He was with the Dolphins uh, in the coaching staff then. But the Bengals have a real offensive line. And now, are they perfect? Are they as good as they were in 15? I don't know about that. I would say probably not, especially at that left guard spot. But they're competent to a – above average and Joe Burrow should be better and Jamar Chase should be better and T Higgins should be at least the same coming off the injury. I, I don't want to say should be better because that's a lot because a lot of this offseason is going to be spent rehabbing that shoulder. But the point is, is they should be better on offense and they shouldn't be coaching specifically Zach Taylor play calling with one and a half arms tied behind his back, which let's be honest, that's what the playoffs were. It was a grind for this offense and it was tough and yeah there are questions about his play calling and decision making third and one uh no joe mixon fourth and one no joe mixon people wonder about that in the super bowl but there were other times green bay week five ah i i mean i was really critical of them then uh the san francisco game comes to mind i mean there are a lot of times where we were critical of them and so here's the good news is the fact that he's gotten better each and every year. And I think he can certainly improve and, and learn from those things. And he's open to learning from those things, which a lot of NFL coaches aren't, specifically head coaches and play callers. So to me, we're going to learn a lot about Zach Taylor. He's got the personnel needed to take the next step. And over the past three years, we've seen him grow. So why would that not continue in year four? So uh, absolutely, it's fair to criticize Zach Taylor's play calling to a degree. At the same time, I think he's in position now to shine. I mean, you look at this offense, it's a play caller's dream. If I'm Zach Taylor, if I'm Brian Callahan, I'm like, Brian Callahan got one head coaching interview this past offseason. This dude better get used to it because this offense should be shining and playing at a really, really high level. And I would expect if, if that happens that he'd be uh, interviewing elsewhere uh, for a bunch of different head coaching jobs next offseason. Yeah, incidentally, CBS Sports just put out today a tiering, a tier list of NFL offenses. And Jared Dubin, Dubin, put this together. And he he ranked teams in several different categories. And PFF has ranked play callers before as well. But one of the one of the categories is play caller. So it's quarterback, play caller, offensive line, wide receiver, tight end, and running back. And the Bengals are at three and a half for their play caller, which is a little bit above average, right? Their quarterback's at four and a half. So they're putting the quarterback behind Green Bay and, and the Chargers and the Chiefs and and the Bucks. The Chargers? Yep. People are really high That's on cute. Justin Herbert. It's that time That's of year. That's cute. My God. The play caller is behind <sighs> Kevin Stefanski and you know the Eagles and, and Matt LaFleur in Green Bay and Andy Reid and Sean McVay. There's some other guys that Zach Taylor's behind, but to your point, James, how much of last year did we say they're protecting the offensive line? And it's blatantly obvious, especially in in some of those games you even talked about, even in the San Francisco game, where mm-hmm. it's right to be critical of him because Joe Burrow put the team on his back but didn't get the chance to do it until too late. Even in that game, the offensive line was struggling and they were trying to protect the offensive line. Shouldn't have to do that as much. And, and when Riley Reef got hurt, it got worse. And they had to protect the offensive line more than they did before. 
but consistency with the wide receiver group, adding Hayden Hurston to replace CJ Uzama and adding health to the offensive line makes everyone's job easier from the run game to the passing game to the play action stuff. Hopefully not enduring immediate sacks when Joe Burrow starts to roll out on a play action boot if they choose to go back to that part of the game this year. The the playbook opens up. Joe Burrow's ability opens up. He doesn't have to buy time a second and a half into the play now. Maybe it's two seconds now. Maybe he has time to get to those backside digs that I joked about a lot last year. Maybe he can complete a five-step drop, a seven-step drop from time to time. And maybe these ideas allow Zach Taylor to improve as well. Now, the, the big thing for Taylor is going to be consistency when choosing when to go for it and when to throw the ball and to run the ball. Because we talked about second down runs last year. We talked a lot about some decisions to go for it were, were great and other go for it weren't as good. Some decisions to punt were fine. Some decisions to punt were, were very bad. And so these are the small things that over the course of a year can add up and, and add a win here or, or cost yourself a win there. And those are some things that I would like to see Taylor be a little bit better at this year too. But as far as, you know, scheme and sequencing and all of these things, let's see what happens in the first four to six games this year and see if he does continue to make those improvements that you talked about, James, in all of these areas, but especially in sequencing and and when to choose the running play and how critical are we of those running plays if Joe Mixon is averaging five a carry instead of four a carry, how different does that look for fans and, and for us who are obviously impacted some by results and efficiency as well? Because that's really going to be the ultimate, I guess, decision, barometer, scale for Zach sure. Taylor is how efficient is this offense with all of these new pieces. Yeah, they need to be much more efficient. And they're, they're just too talented, right? And so now that this offensive line is what it is. It should uh, it should take another step. You know, I was I was 30 points per game last year. That was my, hey, that's what they need to average. Might go up a little bit this year, Jake. It might go up a little. You're, you're already like, man, that's unreal. That's high expectations. Yeah. I'm not. Right, I would have right, said something. Expectations. No, I, I just, I could feel, I'm not even looking at you right now. Your feeling feel is it. wrong. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. You know what I do know? I know up next, we're going to talk about potential second year breakout players. We already know Evan McPherson's the best kicker in the league and Jamar Chase is the best receiver in the league. I say that tongue in cheek, but they're up there. So who else out of the 2021 NFL draft class could break out for the Bengals? We'll dive into that. But first, a word from Bet Online, your one-stop shop for all things sports wagering, whether it's the NBA finals with the conference finals in full swing, whether it's the 2022 NFL season where Yes, you can wager on the Bengals' division chances. You can wager on their Super Bowl chances. Or maybe you just have them winning the AFC. You can do that as well. So that, that's the thing with Bet Online is you're going to get all the props, odds, and wager on anything that you want to sports-wise. UFC, boxing, Major League Baseball, they got it all for you. It's a one-stop shop. So go there now, Bet Online, and check out all they have to offer. It's free to sign up on your PC mobile tablet device whatever it is cell phone i use my cell phone usually because it's so easy so check them out right now i bet online where the game starts James, before we dive into breakout players let's talk about reasonable expectations for points per game in 2022 shall we is that 
I think that's a worthy conversation. We're going to have it. I'm I'm calling Fiat here, and we're going to talk about this really quick. Let's just take a quick look back at team statistics in 2021 for offense. The league-leading Dallas Cowboys averaged 31.2 points per game. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers at 30.1 points per game. Those are the only two teams in the NFL in 2021 declared 30 points per game. A bunch of teams were close. Buffalo, 28.5. Kansas City, 28. The Chargers, 27.9. The Bengals, 27.1. Did you know the Bengals scored fewer points per game last year than the Patriots? By 0.1 points per game? Unacceptable. fact. That's pretty crazy. I think that the expectation is higher. I agree with you, James. I think that with the additions they've made, health is is a, a factor here, I think. But with the additions they've made, with reasonable health, they could push this number a little bit higher. And some of that does come back to Zach Taylor and his approach early in games and getting off to faster starts than they did in 2021. Sure. No, I, I think you just mentioned those offenses. There's no way they should be behind the Chargers or be behind a, a lot of these teams, honestly. Like, you tell me they can't average 30? I, I, I think they should be able to. Oh, why? Because the Ravens, they put up points on the Ravens. The Steelers, they put up points on the Steelers. The Browns, well, they have you playing defensive tackle right now, Jake. So to me, it's not like it's this rough and tough AFC North, like, oh, you, you can't play that way in the North, dude. AFC North defenses don't want to play play this offense. Um, And I know the Bengals have a tough schedule. I get that. Uh, But there's no – honestly, there's no way in hell the Cowboys, and they won't this year, but should be leading the league in points per game. And and that's part of it too. If you're up by a lot, then you're running the ball late, and you might not need another score. And and so if that's how the Bengals default to 29.8 per game, fine. But in games that matter – Right where they're you know going blow for blow, they should be able to go blow for blow with Buffalo and the Chiefs, which we did see at the end of the year. I get that, but now there's really no. What's the weakness? One offensive line spot, like it's not the quarterback. The the Bengals should think they have the best quarterback in the NFL, and I'm not saying they do, but that's how they should feel. Why wouldn't you? He did that before or or after following that ACL injury, or he was rehabbing all off season. What's he going to be like now when all he's done is, is play video games and work out all off season. He's going to be a freak at video games, which I'm pre- pretty sure Joe Burrow is and, and also uh, on the field. So uh, I'm glad we, we are uh, on the same cause you were never on the same page with me last year with it. I, and I get it. They didn't have an offensive they, line. They didn't get cheese. to 30 points per game. I was right. That was my expectation though. That's not, that wasn't yeah, and you and I have, you and I have different, different definitions of expectations. We don't, uh, we, we do. Your expectation is like your professional expectation is to do this. My expectation is this is what you are. I expect this outcome. I expect Locked On Bengals to be the number one podcast that covers the Bengals. And yes, we, are. We, we agree on I that. I expect the Bengals to average 30 points per game because they're too talented too. And by the way, Jamar was even better last year than anyone could have anticipated. Exceeded my expectations, which were really high. Yeah. He was, they, he was they really felt, good. They fell just a tad short. That's all. The uh, the stat I'm going to throw out to you really quick that I calculated while you were talking is that from week six to week 17, so not including the Browns game at the end of the season when they didn't play their starters, the Bengals averaged exactly 30 points per game. 
Unless my go. quick calculator math was wrong. 11 games, 330 points in those games from Detroit to Kansas City, including a 15-10 to 10 win against Denver and scoring just 16 points against the Browns in Week 9. So including those games. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. They, they put up some big numbers against some of the other teams on their schedule. And and that's why it's really easy to see the path to 30. Now, as far as breakout players, John Callison, at John Callison 4, wants us to rank or pick these breakout players or, or pick one from these breakout players. And I think that the answer is somewhat obvious here, but we can at least break down our reasoning. He wants to know between Joseph Osai, Jackson Carmen, Cam Sample, or Chris Evans, which do you expect a breakout year from? in 2022 in terms of likelihood Mm -hmm. gotcha um well we'll have to dive into jackson carmen we'll do that maybe on monday show sunday night monday um talk more about him um but of these four obviously joseph osai to me and i know he was picked around later than jackson carmen better prospect than jackson carmen so that's easy you're right i mean of the four you you pick him all day if i had to rank them i think talent wise it's Osai, it's Chris Evans, it would be Jackson Carmen, and then Cam Sample in that order. And that's the order I would go with from a, a breakout likelihood standpoint, ranking those guys. Uh, some may say Chris Evans, sixth rounder, yeah, the dude's a freak. And I could totally see him breaking out, especially you know if there was an injury in the running back room or something like that. But even if not, I want to see more of him this year, and hopefully we do. Uh, but obviously on defense – I think people are as excited to see Joseph Osai as they are Dax Hill, right? As they are a lot of these rookies coming in. And it's because I thought he was for sure a second rounder. He was getting some first round buzz, falls to the Bengals in round three, the start of round three. And I think they got a steal, but time will tell to see if that's actually true. Speaking of uh, these new rookies, something we forgot to mention at the top of the show is Tyson Anderson, the Bengals fifth round pick, the safety from Toledo did sign his deal on thursday there's a nice picture of him over at bengals.com signing his contract in the contract signing room with the cool play art behind him on the wall so congratulations to the bengals fifth round pick for securing that guaranteed money that comes with a rookie deal exciting stuff there but to go back to these breakout players and maybe tyson anderson is a breakout on special teams even though you can't really be a breakout player as a rookie I agree with your order. It's Osai, Evans, Carmen, Sample. But I think there's actually an argument to put Carmen ahead of Evans if you're thinking about this from a probabilistic perspective, which is from an opportunity perspective. He's going to go into camp with an opportunity to start right away. And he is the favorite right now. As of May 19th, he is the favorite to start at left guard for the Cincinnati Bengals. And you're right. We'll have to dive in to left guard and Jackson Carmen some more. And we'll do that very soon, as you mentioned, maybe on our next show. But Chris Evans might need some help to get onto the field. And this would be the argument for Jackson Carmen. The other piece is 
and this is very generic, if you look at Jackson Carmen, there are obviously specific factors that will impact his success or not. But there was recently a cool stat I saw from one of the PFF guys, I think it was Arjun, who said that tackle to guard converts tend to see bigger year two leaps than just guards. And Jackson Carmen, of, of course, played tackle at Clemson. And he will be playing on the on the side of the offensive line that he played at Clemson as well. So maybe that helps him. But I think the opportunity factor is big. And Chris Evans, I think, does have a better opportunity to get on the field this year because they didn't go get a wide receiver. And maybe he gets a few more snaps as a running back where I think he's very good. But maybe he's on the field more as wide receiver four as well. And, and that's how they get him on the field because they think – He's a really, really talented receiver, and they were comfortable splitting him out there as a rookie, so why not do it more in 2022? We have one more question, James, that we want to get to today about why the Bengals could be dominant. What, if we put on our Bengals bias hat, gives the Bengals that chance? And we'll wrap up any thoughts on the breakout player, if you've got any, James, and then get to our Bengals bias question from Brian to finish up the show coming up next. But first, a word from Built Bar and Jake. I know you love brownie batter. I love brownie batter. And I got to be honest, I'm excited about this one. Brownie batter puffs. They're real. They're here. Built Bar has them. That's why one of the many reasons why you got to get to Built.com. Because if you listen to this show, you know I think that Built Bars are the number one protein bar on the planet. But I'm not lying to you when I'm telling you brownie batter Puffs are amazing. 140 calories, 17 grams of protein, 7 grams of sugar. D- do I need to say anything else? 17 grams of protein, only 7 grams of sugar, 140 calories. Going to help you post-workout, post-dinner dessert, midday after a bunch of meetings. Maybe after you talk to me on the Locked on Bengals podcast, if you're Jake Lisko and you, well, you're sick and tired and you need some brownie batter in your life. So go to built bar or built.com. Get your hands on these right now. Brownie batter puffs from built.com and use promo code lock 15. You'll get 15% off your order again for 15% off brownie batter puffs and the number one protein bar on the planet. Go to built.com and use promo code lock 15. One of the questions we're not going to get to James is what built bar you would recommend to folks to eat first. And you've got me pretty sold on that brownie batter because I know, you know, I love the coconut brownie chunk and yeah. uh, built bar does brownies. Well, yes. um, do you have any other thoughts on the breakout stuff before we move on to the bias, uh, the not, bias scenario question? Not really. No, I, I, I would say of the four I test wise, Evans is just, yeah. Including a Like he's just in person. It's like, man, Big legs, fast, quick, great hands, natural receiver, all of these things. So I, uh, I've i always been high on him, really, since rookie minicamp last year. And, uh, you know, I think he's he's a special one. We'll see. He's a very exciting player. And I think how they get him on the field more this year is probably something that these coaches have been thinking about. Our last question comes from Brian at Bartbo. Brian. On Twitter. I know you guys have seen all the chatter between the various fan bases. Yes, we have. And I hate it. I like John Sheeran's video on Thursday about the haters and not engaging with them. But that's just me. You guys do you. 
Brian wants us to put on your biased Bengals hat. What makes you think the Bengals will dominate the division and conference this year and beyond? Is a healthy Ravens team a threat? The Steelers with Kenny Pickett? Browns question mark? Not even any explanation for the Browns. Just Browns? You can tell what Brian thinks of the Browns. James, what do you think? Oh, all right. So he said put on the bias hat, right? That's 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 what he, he did. Yeah, that's what I'm. Uh, all right. So, because I can explain why all three of those teams are good, including the Steelers. Like I can do that. But he said explain the bias, and so the bias in this. In fact, I don't need the bias hat. If the Bengals are going to be dominant, it's it's pretty simple. One, it's because they have the best quarterback in the division, which I do believe. Um, two, it's because Zach Taylor is Sean McVay. It just took him a few years and this year. You're going to see it because he actually has a competent offensive line with all these weapons and I wouldn't rule it out. Maybe he just needed a few years. Right. And, th- and that's it. And it bounced around in college and then went to McVay and all of a sudden it just, it, it, you know, it's, it's working now with these young guys that are buying in. So that could happen. Um, but the offensive line is, is a huge part of this. Obviously I think Jamar Chase is special, um, Top three, top four. I mean, I think he's top five receiver. Like, if you're picking top five receivers in the NFL, I would put Jamar in that. He's ahead of guys, you know, old heads like DeAndre Hopkins that would have been there that aren't there anymore. I don't know how you could put him there. And I know it's only one year, so Chase is going to have to prove it again. The other part of this is the, the team was so ahead of schedule and they were doing things that no one expected them to do. And so what the Bengals were probably supposed to do last year after they won the division even after that beat the raiders at home go to tennessee and lose and then add the offensive lineman that they did after joe burrow got his head kicked in on in, in nashville add the offensive lineman that they did and now they're supposed to make a run so if you want to put like your your orange and black hat on on why the Bengals are going to be great well they got all of this experience they went through the war and the playoff battles and came within a half second, maybe a second of of doing it. And so to me, that's it. And I I really don't think I needed to put the, the bias hat on much. I mean, the, the Bengals are now it's a really tough conference. I think it's the second toughest division outside of the AFC West in the NFL. So the opponents are tough. At the same time, the Bengals are really damn good. And I, you know, I, I think that uh they're gonna be better this year than they were last year when they were just inches away. Well, more than inches, but uh, seconds away if you give Joe Burrow a second, second and a half from winning the Super Bowl. Could be inches in terms of hand placement from Quentin Spain. There's your inches. Football's always a game of inches. You just got to force him inside, Quentin. Force him inside. Trey is right there. Anyways. The... The Bengals bias hat is obviously hard for me as listeners to our show know. When I'm when I'm pushed to be very biased toward the Bengals, I tend to resist. But James, you, you make some really good points. If you're going to find the way that they become a perennial superpower in the AFC, it starts with Joe Burrow continuing to be what he was after he started to get comfortable. Around the time that they started averaging 30 points per game. And, and doing that over the course of a season, continuing to get better, developing with Jamar Chase, who, yeah, top five receiver. I mean, people are putting Justin Jefferson in the conversation, Cooper Cup in the conversation, Stephon Diggs. There's probably a couple other guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, Devontae Adams, of course. I'm sure I'm not thinking of others off the top of my head that I would if I took some time to think about it. But he's really good. T. Higgins is probably in the top 20 
Mm-hmm. Right? So yeah. when you have a top three to five quarterback, depending on who you agree with, and I think Burrow is more in the three, four, three or higher conversation, and you have their weapons a wide receiver, and you have an offensive line that should be able to pass block now, and you have a top, what, 10 running back in Joe Mixon, who's never played behind a good offensive line and never certainly played behind a good offensive line when they had this kind of firepower at wide receiver. Should be an exciting year for Joe Mixon, right? They add pieces to the defense. Could they Could they do a little bit more on the defensive line? Maybe, but they've added a lot of athleticism there. And Lou Anarumo figured out how to deploy guys creatively down the stretch. So these things all continue, right? And then Evan McPherson kicks some 67-yard field goals at at halftime to just put put the frosting on the cake, put the icing on the cake. And that's how this guy continues to dominate in the AFC. This guy. It's a little the, the, it's an it's an orange and black skull for our audio. Oh yeah, listeners. Uh, I picked this no, up in Mexico. Right. This is this was a tourist trap thing that got me when I was in Mexico a few years ago. Hey, I uh, it, it makes a lot of sense. Look at you. People are going to get on me now because I don't have a bunch of Bengals gear in my background, and you at least have a skull at, within arm's length, within but, arm's uh, reach. <laughs> you said yeah, to put I an think... orange and black hat on, and this is the closest I could come up with. Yeah, well, no, I, I get it, and um, no, I look. Taking the bias completely out of it, the Bengals are, should be right there. They should. Now, it takes yeah. some luck. It takes a lot of things to go your way to make another run of the Super Bowl. But should they be there? Yeah, and I think that's a, another fair expectation going into this season. Yeah, that's the thing is it takes a luck. They could be better, and they could have a worse record. They could still win the division, and they could have a worse record. They could win the division. They could be better. They could lose in the second round, first round of the play. Who knows? Like all of these things are possible because of all the talent we've talked about coming into the AFC, the gauntlet that is the AFC West, the Bills still being good, and maybe one of these other AFC East teams takes a step. Maybe Matt Ryan and the Colts is a thorn okay. in the side of the AFC because I think they are. I think the Colts are an agent of chaos in the AFC, and they're going to win some games that they shouldn't. And I think I was saying that even before – they signed Matt Ryan. And Matt Ryan certainly elevates them to the point where they're going to derail some seasons, I think. And and there's probably going to be somebody we're not even anticipating, like the Bengals, who came out of nowhere last year, to be good. The Browns did add Deshaun Watson, and he could be good at quarterback for them if he's on the field. The Ravens could be much healthier. That could make them a tougher opponent. The Steelers still have a good defense. And even with Kenny Pickett, who might be better than Ben Roethlisberger, they could still easily have a winning record. And so, yeah, when you look at the other side of it, it's easy to see why it will be a challenge and why it's so hard for NFL teams to dominate over long periods of time because the playing field is so level, parity mechanisms are so strong in the NFL, but the Bengals' management of their cap may put them in a position that despite all of our moaning about them not going all in, Let's them try to sustain it. And that will be the test for them over the next few years as Joe Burrow's rookie contract is coming to an end, not in too long, in a few years. And the contention window gets a little bit more challenging to manage financially. But until then, it's a really exciting time to be a Bengals fan. This is the best window for them, the rookie QB window that they've had since, what, the 80s? I would say so. 
That's probably going to do it for this episode here of the Lockdown Bengals podcast. Like we've talked about a few times, I think we're going to have to talk about Jackson Carmen and left guard a little bit. Next time we convene the podcast, maybe we'll talk about some of the changes that could be coming for this offense. We hinted at some of them. Joe Burrow. Well, we talked extension. We talked about an offensive line. How could those two things come up for him in the future? So plenty of fuel for the fire as offseason lockdown Bengals continues. Until next time, Bengals fans, thanks for listening. Hootay and have a good one. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.